Hello, 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 social media family. I hope you guys are all well. Muhammad Abdurrahman, you can call me hashtag mindset. I'm really excited to be on this live with you guys. I'm telling you, it's nearly, you know, 12 a.m. UK time. And those of you that are actually based in the UK, you guys would understand what I'm talking about when I say it's 12 a.m. Because it's quite late and, you know, early morning tomorrow. But hey, hope you guys are all well. Here we have Instagram live. Okay, take place as well as here we have Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And of course, here also recording is the Mindset Muhammad podcast. So a lot of you guys are going to be watching this on live. Um, some of you guys are, gonna, you know, some of you guys are going to be playing this on replay, and some of you probably will even might even come across this information literally a year from now, so two to five even years from now, right? So if you don't know me, I'm Muhammad Abdurrahman here, and um, I'm I'm a young student. I'm a I'm a you know I'm a university student, and I've been an entrepreneur working. You know, on myself and helping, educating, empowering, and of course, enriching many, okay, over the last few years. I've been very, you know, fortunate to have mentors in my life, people that have impacted my life in a positive way. And, you know, I made one of my life goals to actually go and really spread, you know, some of the things that I was taught myself. And, and I'm so grateful to be in vehicle where I can literally do just that. So if you haven't heard of me before, Welcome, nice to meet you. I'm really excited for you to actually be on this live with me. And of course, those of you that are going to be listening on the Mindset Muhammad podcast, really appreciate your patronage and of course, all your support and commitment, you know, and of course, contributions to the ecosystem. Now in this live, I want to add as much value, you know, as possible to you guys. So in fact, I want to ask you guys for, for a minute, what is the 10,000 hours rule? Do you know what that is? If you know what that is, can you just type in the chat? Yes, I know. And if you don't, can you just please type in? No, I don't. Okay, and trust me, I do read the comments. Yes, you're probably thinking, of course, I can see the Instagram live here, but of course, Twitter and uh, and Facebook and and YouTube, I won't be able to see that. And of course, the podcast, I will be able to see it later. But if you know what the ten thousand hour um, rule is, can you please type in? Yes, I do. Yes, I know what that is. And if you don't, it is absolutely fine. Just type in. No, I don't know what that is. What is that? Okay, because I'm telling you guys. If you know what the 10,000 hour rule is, you know, your life will completely change. And uh, if you do it, congratulations to you. But if you don't, I'm telling you, it's time to figure it out. You know, it's time to figure out what the 10,000 hour rule is because we live in a world, guys, right? If you really want to achieve massive success, if you really want to contribute to the lives of many on a massive scale, if you really want to make a lot of money, and a lot of people say, Mahan, why do you always talk about money? It's important. Think about it, right? Guys, you want to eat food, you need money. You want to clothe yourself, you need money. You want to go outside, you need money. Right? You want to feed your loved ones, you need money. You want to shelter your loved ones, you need money. You want to clothe your loved ones, you need money. Money is not everything, but it's very, very important. And in fact, I believe that it's up there with oxygen. Okay? You can agree with it or disagree with it. Now, let's go back to the question. What is the 10,000 hour rule? Right? This concept, when you guys grab it today... Okay, it's going to be a game changer. I promise you, and I'm not kidding when I say this, it's going to be a game changer. You know, here Ikhra said, I want to learn about it as I don't know what it is, right? Just be genuinely be honest with yourself. You know, this is me, guys, right? You know, I'm a student of life. I'm a student of personal development. I'm a student, okay, of this thing we call our mind. So be a student, okay? Be a student of personal development. And ask yourself, what is the 10,000 hour rule? You know, we live in a microwave society nowadays. People, noodles, microwave, 
right? Microwaves, uh, you know, microwave, my, my, blah, blah, blah. what am I saying? Microwave thinking. You know, people went from cooking food for an hour or so to now cooking it within 10 minutes. Toast. Oh, here, here's the butter, his uh, cheese, da, da, done. We went from warming up the food for 10, 15 minutes to microwaving it for a second. Three seconds. Now, why am I saying this? The reason I'm saying this, guys, is we want, to, we want everything to be quick nowadays. Oh, I'm going to start something. I, I need results. Quick. I want to get married. I need kids. Quick. I want to get in business. I need to make money tomorrow. Like, I'm going to get started today, make a lot of money tomorrow, get rich the following day, retire my loved ones the following week. That's the world we live in nowadays, guys. And, I, and, and as much of an achiever as I believe that I am, as much of a dreamer that I believe I am, hey, at the, at the end of the day, guys, I always back to being, you know, being, being reasonable, being realistic with myself. Hey, is this goal that I set for myself, is, there, is, there, is it achievable? If somebody else done it, of course, I believe that I can as well. Right? But once you understand that, hey, nothing in my life is going to work out overnight, and nothing in my life is going to be get-rich-quick scheme, not like, like, guys, do you realize you cannot develop some of the best relationships in your life over a month or two? You, can, you just can't. It's, it's, it's humanly, you know, I hate the word impossible, but there are certain things that are not possible. Period. You can't say, two months, he is like the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life. No! No way. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. But that's, that's my belief. That's my thought. Does that make sense, guys? So once you get rid of the whole concept of, oh, I need this quick. I need this fast. I need this urgently. Like, guys, you know when I was new to network marketing, I used to think like, my goodness, if I don't become successful in my first month, oh, I'm too late. Oh, is this even going to work? No. I need to be lucky. Ooh, I need to sponsor that one guy that's going to blow it up for me. And then I realized it was amateurs that hope they're lucky. It's, 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 it's the babies, right? It's the poses that hope they would blow it up through one or two people. I realize amateurs don't even worry about that. They just focus on education and understanding. You want it? Great. You don't? No problem. Right? So let's talk about the 10,000 hour rule, guys. Right? You know, if you don't know, I have here Outliers, okay, by Malcolm Gladwell. Let's talk about chapter two, guys. Chapter two specifically talks about the 10,000 hour rule. You know, and they use the Beatles as the first part of the chapter, and then they use Bill Gates. So let's talk about Bill Gates for specifically. I, I don't know, guys. I don't know what your thoughts are about this man, but me personally, I'm not a big fan of him outside of entrepreneurship. I have, I have immense level of admiration and respect for the man when it comes to the world of business, what he's been able to do with Microsoft. I don't care about what his thoughts are on, or, or what he's messing about with the vaccine and how many people, you know, he's, he's, he's done X, Y, Z and how many kids. It. I respect the guy when it comes to business. Right? So let's talk about what Malcolm Gladwell in Outliers Chapter 2, second part, highlights and speaks about Bill Gates. So now let's read, let, me, let me read this to you guys, okay? Let's turn to the history of Bill Gates. 
His story is almost as well known as the Beatles. Brilliant young math wizard. Discovers computer programming. Drops out of Harvard. Starts a little computer company called Microsoft with his friends. Through sheer brilliance and ambition and guts, build it into the giant of the software world. That's the broad outline. Let's dig a little deeper of what Microsoft is. Gates' father was a wealthy lawyer in Seattle, Washington, and his mother was the daughter of a well-to-do banker. As a child, Bill was okay, easily bored by his studies. So his parents took him out of public school at the beginning of the seventh grade and sent him to Lakeside, a private school that was catered to Seattle's elite families. Midway through Gates' second year at Lakeside, the school started a computer club, the Mother's Club. At the school, okay, did a remake sale every year. And there was always the question of what the money, okay, what the money would go to. Gates remembered, okay, Gates remembered. Some went to the summer program where inner city kids would come to the campus. Some of them would go to teachers, okay. That year, they put $3,000 into computer terminal down in this funny little room that we subsequently, okay, subsequently took control of. It was kind of an amazing thing. That's what Bill Gates is saying here. It was an amazing thing, of course, because this was in 1968. Most colleges didn't have computer clubs in the 1960s. Even more remarkable was the kind of computer Lakeside wrote. The school, of course, didn't have its students learning programming by the laborious computer card system, like virtually everyone, everyone else was doing in the 1960s. Instead, Lakeside installed what was called ASR33. Teletype, which was a time-sharing terminal with a direct link to a mainframe computer in downtown Seattle. The whole idea of time-sharing only got invented in the 1965. Gates continued, forward-looking, okay? For him, there were early opportunities to learn programming on a timeshare system as a fresh man in college in 1971. Bill Gates got to do real-time programming as an eighth grader in 1968. From that moment forward, Gates lived in the computer room. He and a number of others began to teach themselves how to use this strange new device. Buying time on the mainframe computer, the ASR was hooked up to, of course, expensive. Even for a wealthy institution like Lakeside. Here is now a wealthy elite school even struggling to, of course, afford this machine. It wasn't long before the $3,000 put by the Mother's Club, of course, ran out. The parents raised more money, the students spent it. Then a group of programmers at the University of Washington formed an outfit called Computer Center 
Corporation, okay? CCC or the CCABIT, which leaves computer time to local companies. As luck would have had it, one of the founders of the firm, Monique, had a son at Lakeside, a year ahead of Gates. So now at this stage, Gates in year eight, grade eight, and her son is in grade nine. Would the Lakeside Computer Club, Rona wondered, like to test out the company's software program on the weekends in exchange for free programming timing? Absolutely. After school, Gates took the bus to the CCABIT offices and programmed long into the evening. CCABIT eventually went bankrupt, so Gates and his friends began hanging around the computer center at the University of Washington. Before long, they latched onto an outfit called ISI, Information Science Inc., which agreed to let them have free computer time in exchange for working on a piece of software that could be used to automate company payrolls. Here's a group of kids, year eight guys, working for free. Wow. In one seven month period, in 1971, Gates and his cohorts ran up 1,575 hours of computer time on the ISI mainframe. Guys, that's 1,575 hours. And they're, they're like, what, 10 years old? 11? God, man, I hope you guys are getting this. They're in year eight, and they're spending 1,575 hours computing, programming. It was, and then, look, guys, look at this, which averages out to eight hours a day, seven days a week. Eight hours a day, seven days a week. This is what Gates then says. It was my obsession. Gates says of his early high school years, I skipped athletics. I went there at night. We were programming on weekends. It will be a rare week that we wouldn't get 20 or 30 hours in. There was a period where Paul Allen and I got in trouble for stealing a bunch of passwords and crashing the system. We got kicked out. I didn't get to use the computer the whole summer. This is when I was 15 and 16. Then I found out Paul had found a computer that was free at the University of Washington. They had these machines in the medical center and the physics department. They were on a 24-hour schedule, but with this big slack period so that between 3 and 6 in the morning they never scheduled anything. Gates laughed. I would leave at night after my bedtime. I would walk up to the University of Washington from my house or I'll take the bus. That's why I'm always so generous to the University of Washington because they let me steal so much computer time. Years later Gates' mother said we always wondered, look at these guys, we always wondered why it was so hard for him to get up in the morning. Because of course during the night, the all night, he's programming, he's coding. One of the founders of ISI, Benbrook, then got a call from the technology company, TRW, which had just signed a contract to set up a computer system at the huge Penneval power station in southern Washington state. TRW desperately needed programmers familiar with the particular software the, the power station used. 
in these early days of the computer revolution, programmers with that kind of specialized experience were hard to find. Ben Benbrook knew exactly whom to call. Those high school kids from Lakeside who had been running up thousands of hours of program time on the ISA mainframe. Gates was now in his senior year and somehow he managed to convince his teachers to let him decamp for Bernaval under the guise of an independent study project. There he spent the spring writing code, supervised by a man named John Northern, who Gates, who Gates says taught him as much about programming as almost anyone he'd ever met. Those first five years, from eighth grade through the end of high school, where Bill Gates Hamburg, and by any measure, he was presented with an even more extraordinary series of, of opportunity than Bill Joy. Opportunity number, okay, guys, look at this. Opportunity number one was that Gates got sent to Lakeside. How many high schools in the world had access to a time-sharing terminal in 1968? Opportunity number two was that the mother of Lakeside had enough money to pay for the school's computer fees. Number three was that when that money ran out, guys, look at this. I hope you guys are getting this. Guys, this is crazy. When that money ran out, one of the parents happened to work at Seacabot, which happened to need someone to check its code on the weekends, and which also happened not to care if weekends turned into weeknights. Number four was that Gates just happened to find out about ISI, and ISI just happened to know that they needed someone to work on his payroll software. And number five was that Gates happened to live within walking distance of the University of Washington. And number six, guys, was that the university happened to have free computer time between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning. And number seven, guys, if that wasn't enough, was that TRW happened to call Bud Benbrook. And number eight was that the best programmers Benbrook knew for that particular problem happened to be two high school kids. And number nine was that Lakeside was willing to let those kids spend their spring term miles away writing codes. And what did virtually all of these opportunities have in common? They gave Bill Gates extra time to practice by the time Gates dropped out of Harvard after his sophomore year to try his hands at his own software company, he'd been programming specifically, particularly nonstop for seven consecutive years. So here's a man now that's been programming for seven consecutive years. He was way past 10,000 hours. How many teenagers in the world had that kind of experience? Gates had. If there were 50 in the world, look at this, I'd be stunned, he said. There was the cupboard and the payroll stuff we did, the TRW, all those things came together. I had a better exposure to software development at a young age than I think anyone did in their period of time. And all because of an incredibly lucky series of events. Guys, this is crazy, right? So I'm going to stop there. Now ask yourself, ask yourself. Here's a man, right? Bill Gates. Guys, eight to ten different events had to happen 
which allowed him to have just over seven years consecutive practice, programming, programming, programming. Can you imagine how much he's been sharpening his eyes every single day for what? Seven days a week, 12 months straight for seven years straight plus. And here we are. People try something new for a month or two or three. And what do they say? Ah, too hard. Can't make it happen. I have no skills. Forget it. Too long, too complicated, too complex, too sophisticated. Really? Or is the truth really that you need 10,000 hours, but you just can't stand up? You just can't have posture. You just can't have faith. And faith is believing what you can't see. If you really ask yourself, if you have faith, you will know that, okay, if there is, guys, just, just look at this for a second. Just because there's cloud, does that mean there's no mountain? No, the mountain is there, just covered by cloud. Right? So with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is what the 10,000 you know, hours rule is. Hey, my best example, guys, is in Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Go check out that book. Go check it out. Okay? And of course, at the first section of chapter 2, you know, Martin Gladwell talks about the Beatles. And then the second part is, you know, where he's talking about Bill Gates. So guys, get your hands on personal development. I hope that makes sense to you guys. Just to all that, you know, a bit of value to you guys. Enjoy the rest of the day, guys. Happy, happy Monday. God bless you all. Take care and have an incredible remainder of the week, God. All right, all right, all right. Take care, everybody. Hello ladies and gentlemen, hope you're well. Mindset Muhammad and welcome to the Mindset Muhammad podcast. Really excited to have you here. In this episode, I want to talk to you guys about how to handle pressure. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, if you're a human being, if you're someone, if, you, if you're a creature that's living right now, you must be facing some level of pressure. Whether you're an animal, human being, whatever you are, right? Whether you're a goat, a camel, or a person, you got to have some level of pressure in your life. So I want to talk to you guys in this episode about how to handle pressure. Right? Just think about it. 90% of times we overthink about things that, that 90% of times... That's like a job. When I got that, I said to myself, wow, this is good. That means I can live life not overstressing and not overthinking. Right? So when it comes to pressure, whether it's pressure in business, pressure you know, in your personal life, pressure with your colleagues, whatever, whatever type of pressure you face, just look at it this way. Is it going to matter in 10 years from now? If the answer is no, don't even, don't even think about it. Is it but like here, here's some some of the things that, that, that I come across, for example, you know, I will, for example, have someone that I'm explaining my business to and you know, see if they're the right fit for us and if we're the right fit for them. And they might say things like, you know, oh, this is not for me, or you know, some some type of objection, right? And then here I am, when I was new, I was just so over it, like. How come this person is saying this? I need this person in my, in my business. This person you know, is incredible. They're either good at certain topics that I'm not, or you know, they would benefit our organization heavily, or you know, they, they would bring some, some charisma or characteristics to the team. And you know, I would overthink about all these different things. Then I said to myself, oh, probably we're not the right fit for you, but you're not the right fit for us. How about that? Right? Sometimes, you know, I would, I, would have, I would have things, you know, some people will say certain things about me or some people will say certain things about what I do, and I would stress over it. Then I realized, hey, Mohammed, leave this little cocoon that you're in, 
this little space that you're in and actually look at the bigger picture. And what's the bigger picture? These people have no plans for their life and they want to give you a plan for yours. Right? So a lot of the times when certain things happen, just look at the bigger picture. And another thing that really helps me out when it comes to pressure, you know, pressure handling is I look at it this way. If something can even give me pressure, I'm just not good at the moment. And it's okay to know that you're not good at certain things the first time around. It's okay. It's okay for you to say, oh, I'm, I'm not the best at this. It's okay. Nobody's born being great, guys. It's okay. I remember the first few times I was told, man, you got to present your opportunity. I said, present? Really? We're going we're gonna to have to present something now? First few presentations, guys. Forgot my, my name. Imagine forgetting your first name. Here I am, trying to explain something to people, I forget my first name. Hey guys, my name is, forget my name. Alright guys, company name is, forget the company's name. Right, because it was something new to me and it was something strange to me. So guys, you gotta understand, if something, look at it this way, right? Pressure, anything that gives you pressure is a challenge, okay? Something that you're not good at now, but you could end up being, being great at it later. And nobody's born great, guys, you just have to start to be great. No. You know, you, you got to be great to be start, you know, to start something new, right? And in fact, size something new takes courage, guys. It takes courage. It takes guts, man. No, like, it, do you realize 99% of the world don't have courage? They, they, if they really had courage, they would do things that they want to do in their life. Even if they see 1% opportunity, they would go after it. The reason they don't is because they have no courage. So here is, look, look at the word challenge. Because if anything gives you pressure, I, this is how I look at my, my personal life, my business life, my, 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 my colleagues, my relationships, all, all, all different aspects of my life, this is how I look at it. I said to myself, Muhammad, if anything ever scares me, if anything ever you know, applies some, some level of pressure, that just means it's a challenge to me. And look at the word challenge. The first three letters, guys, C-H-A, and look at the last three letters, N-G-E. Combine C-H-A with N-G-E together. Guys, you get the word change. So if something is a challenge to you, you, you just get a change. You get a change. And if change scares you, you have no hope. Guys, yeah, sorry sort to be blunt and, you know, be direct, right? I like being direct, because why? Because, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful, alhamdulillah, people were direct with me so they can wake me up. Guys, if, you, if all you want to hear is something that makes you feel good, there is no growth in there. You're just going to be in the same you five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. That's why, honestly, it's such a sad world you know, when, 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 when you see people that are in their 30s and 40s and, uh, and they think a lot of things are normal. And I'm seeing people that are in their early 20s and they think that is not normal. That is not normal. Because... Here's the thing. Some people want to live the 21st century with 20th century thinking. It's not going to work. Right? So guys, if anything is a challenge for you, don't, don't, don't run away from it. Don't be scared of it. Right? In fact, look forward to it. Here's, here's how I look at me. Yeah? It's one of my favorite books. I believe if you have this book in your hand, guys, you can grow rich. You can really solve any problem that comes your way. Your health, your personal life, your finances, your fulfillment, right? 
Anything you want to sort out in your life, this book has a solution for you. 500 of the most successful people documented during the Great Depression, 1930 to 1940. So you got to ask yourself, right? If something's a challenge for me, how do I get better? Best way I can tell you is three ways. Number one, find a mentor. Find a mentor, find someone that has the results that you want. You're lacking happiness, find out some people that are damn happy. You want to get in good shape, find out about people that are in good shape. You want to make a lot of money? Find people that are making a lot of money. You want to have a big business globally? Find people that have a global big business. You want to live a life of fulfillment? Find people that are fulfilling their life. You want to become a doctor, an engineer, a pilot, or, or whatever? Career path you want to take? Find people that are exactly in there. Right? And when you have a mentor, just what a mentor does, a mentor actually decreases the level of pressure you're going to feel. Because they're going to educate you. They're going to tell you, guys, do you guys realize mentorship is like a cheat code to life? For real, it's a cheat code to life. Why are we getting this way? A mentor will tell you, hey, Muhammad, do X, Y, Z, you get X, Y, Z results. But if I, had, if I never had that person, and bear in mind, that is what that person learned in 10 years. He's telling me in my first year. Can you, can you imagine how ridiculous that is? You know, you guys, I used to play GTA, Vice City, right? About, I don't know, seven years ago. And there were times where I would play the game, like, I will try to finish missions, and I will be playing the game every day, man. And I would be stuck in the same mission. Then I will see some of my friends, there are four or five missions ahead of me. I'm like, how are you, how are you guys doing this? And they'll be like, oh, you don't know? Oh, we, we use the internet. We got some cheat codes. I'm like, what, you got some cheat codes? Yeah, yeah, we got some cheat codes. Yeah, we press X, Y, Z, and... Uh, this comes for us. Oh, we press X, Y, Z, and we get there, and uh, we, we do this, and we go there. And, and here I am, guys. Here I am trying to play the game the fair way, the right way, without using no cheat codes. And here are my friends, four or five missions ahead of me. Why? Because they're using some cheat codes. There was nothing wrong with it. They just were playing it smart. Right? So when I say, you know, it's so crazy. Like, I am so grateful for mentorship. Why? Because, guys, think about it, right? I am learning with someone, in my first year, I'm learning with some people, like, think about it, I have three, four mentors, one in the game for five years, one in 10 years, one in 20 years, one in, you know, 12 years, and I'm like, my goodness, I literally have over 50 years of experience that I'm having access to in my first year, 50 years, guys, and I'm in my teenage years, I'm like, that is it, that's all I need. Right? So when it comes to pressure, have a mentor, someone that can mold you, guide you, tell you the way. Hey, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And once, whilst that is happening, never forget to grow you. Never forget to grow you. There are a lot of people, they want to get good house, good cars, good clothes, good food, good travel, good this, good that. But then they forget the one thing that they should also be upgraded to. That's their mind. Right? So my friends, you know, just thought I would hop on this live for about 10 minutes every single day, seven days a week. You guys are going to have access to me directly when I'm literally doing a mindset, okay? For free, with no charge, right? And guys, I just want to share what I've been able to learn over, you know, over the last few years. I've been an entrepreneur over the last few years that I've been exposed to personal development. With that said, God bless you all. Take care. Thank you very much. Make sure you share this live with few people. And of course, guys, if you need any, any type of advice, any type of you know, suggestions or information, whatever it is, always let me know, right?